Hello and welcome to Just Stories. We share inspiring stories of real people leading lives impacted by social justice, advocacy, and service. Hear how our guests have used their experiences to make a difference in the lives of others. And remember, it's all about the story, theirs and yours. Just Stories. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Happy spring. Yes, happy spring. I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Thanks. Our family got a little excursion out yesterday. You know me, we always like to go hiking. So we did a little hiking yesterday. Where did you go? We found uh, a new favorite spot in Illinois, and it's not too far away. It's, uh, you've heard of Starved Rock, right? Yes, I've been there. Starved Rock is a fairly local place in Illinois that people Mm go. Well, right around the corner from Starved Rock is uh, Matheson State Park. And that's also just a beautiful spot, even more beautiful, I think, than Starved Rock. So a shout out to Matheson State Park. There's dells there, kind of canyons. We um, we went, my wife and my youngest daughter and I uh, did some hiking, and then we were able to get down into kind of these canyon areas where you're hiking along the creek. And uh, my youngest, she's like all into parkour, so she's hopping all over the rocks and trying not to get wet and everything, and we're racing together. and um, got to this one spot where there's a waterfall and this big domed sort of um, cavernous cave area. Uh, and it's just remarkable. So yeah, it was neat. It's just good to, it was, it was a day off of work. I played hooky from work. And it was just one of the best, best things I could do. So it was nice. Good to get away. That sounds great. Yeah. 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 I haven't, um, I, I'm just basically trying to do a little hiking with my kids. I don't know if you've been to um the river trail out in um the northbrook area so that's one place i haven't been yeah it's up along the des plains river so you can see some wooded areas and you can hike along the river um some once in a while you'll see some people on their horses like just Hmm. you know taking them but no dogs allowed oh so you gotta keep your pooch at home Keep my pooch at home. But it's really nice because it's wooded and it's it's safe. And then they also have some animals there um, yeah. that are safely caged. And it's a really beautiful time. So, all right. Well, it's nice that we're getting out and about. So um, why don't we just uh, talk about who we are having here? I, I think I know a few of these people, one person at least. So I'm <laughs> yeah. looking forward to meeting the other. Go ahead and introduce our guest today. Sure. Well, today um, we're hearing the story of a friendship, Gene. Our guests are Barrett Patton and Liam Fazek, and these two guys met at college, both attending the, the University of Illinois. Barrett is a 22-year-old recent graduate, having earned a degree in communication in Spanish. He's also a full-time wheelchair user and a devout believer that the challenges he faces in life are fully and perfectly part of God's plan. And he's currently calling in from Nashville. Liam, uh, who also happens to be my son, is currently a senior at the U of I studying kinesiology. Next year, he'll be attending the U of I at Chicago to pursue a doctorate in physical therapy. On campus, Liam is part of a campus ministry called University Christian Fellowship, and he's an intern in what we'll refer to here as DRES, of which stands for the Disability Resources and Education Service, which is a university program. So gentlemen, good morning. It's good to have you both here with us. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having us both. Good morning. Yeah, it's awesome to be on this podcast. I've listened for a little bit, so. 
Good, good. Yes. It's exciting to have you. And Barrett, uh, there's been some, you're down in Nashville, right, Barrett? I am. Well, actually, College Grove, so a little rural area about 30 minutes south of Nashville. But we we say Nashville. It's kind of like when you're in the, when you're on campus and people say they're from Chicago, most people don't mean they're from Chicago. When people right. say they're from Nashville around here, they're probably not really from Nashville, but we claim <laughs> And you graduated uh, just a, a couple months ago and have been spending uh, some time at home now. Is that right? I did. I graduated um, this past December. And so now I'm back at home with family, kind of uh, getting into that transition of the one that they don't talk about, really. The, the okay, college is over. Now what? So I'm deep in the job hunt and trying to really take some time to figure out what's next, but um, trying to put the work in to get there and also trust God that he'll bring me where he needs me to go. Down the road somewhere, I would love to work as an interpreter in the court system. So I've been taking Spanish classes since sixth grade. And from the very first day, I realized that I kind of had a gift for it and had a knack for it and realized that if I really wanted to and really put the energy in, I could learn the language for real. So I did. And I just love that I have a tool that can um, build connections and break down barriers between somebody who speaks English and somebody who doesn't. So the, the, and even the whole idea of interpreting has always been fascinating to me. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I've worked with some interpreters in, in my, my um, uh, profession, and they're a delight to work with. A good interpreter is. Bad interpreters make a difference. <laughs> so I'm sure you'd be an excellent interpreter, and most of them are excellent. So it's really been so helpful for me. Barrett, um, our listeners can't see, but you're a wheelchair user, and I wonder if you could uh, help them to understand a little bit more what the nature of your disability is. Yes, so my twin brother and I were born at 28 and a half weeks gestation, so about three months early. And at the age of 10 months, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which is a neuromuscular condition that Mark, you as a PT, and William, you as an aspiring soon-to-be PT, know can kind of run the gamut in terms of severity. So there are, there are people with CP who live fully independent and ambulatory lives. And there are people who um, are completely nonverbal and essentially live in a vegetative state. And then somewhere in the middle are people like me who, um, well, the majority of CP's impact on my life revolves around physical activity. So anything um, related to daily living and other things like that um, is impossible or difficult without help for me. Thanks for sharing a little bit about that for us. And um, we'll be talking a little bit more about uh, those challenges that you faced. Uh, but I'd like to hear from Liam too. Uh, Liam, tell us about uh, how you met Barrett. So how I met Barrett, um, I believe I was a sophomore. Barrett has a better memory than I. So I think it was sophomore year, right? We were sophomores, yes. 
and I had gotten, I was still, I think, undeclared. Um, not sure if I wanted to go the physical therapy route, not sure if I wanted to do something else, but I got an email from a TA in one of my kinesiology classes about an opportunity volunteering with the aquatic, pro aquatic therapy program um, at the university. And I was like, hey, this is cool. I like therapy maybe and pools and maybe this will help me both get like shadowing hours and then kind of decide if that's something I want to do. So I signed up and I showed up um, on the first day. And what I did not know was that it was geared more towards like older students, like upperclassmen who had more experience and were taking a specific class. So I felt very much so in over my head of like, oh shoot, I don't know anything about therapy or any of the people here, or I've never worked with individuals with disabilities before which is what this aquatic therapy program um, was for. So I felt just very like, ah, this is not the right place for me. I shouldn't be here. Um, but, you know, on the first day I got paired with Barrett and, you know, we had never met before. And I was, I think, super nervous and kind of just following directions on here's how we get in the pool. Here's how we stretch in the pool. Um, but the thing I always remember was like the entire time Barrett was just singing. Um, not like radio pop, Taylor Swift, or you singing like old gospel hymns. And there was something just so, it was strange. I'll admit that, Barrett, you know this, but also just so like putting me at ease of just hearing him sing through this while we're stretching and while I'm learning the ropes of aquatic therapy. And that kind of opened the door for like conversations about like music and how we share that common love for music. Um, and then about faith, um, you know, and like, why do you sing these old gospel hymns that I've never heard before? Um, yeah, and that was kind of the, the opening of our friendship together. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And, and so let's just not leave that question hanging. Barrett, why do you sing these old gospel hymns? I'd like to know. So most of my musical background revolves around Christian or gospel music. And in particular, um, some previous generations of my distant family par participated in a, um, in an old, particularly old style of Southern gospel music called sacred harp singing. Um, this music is, broadly categorized as what's called shape note music. Shape note singing is a system that was developed um, to teach lay people in early church congregations how to sight read and how to sing more, how to sing better and how to make worship music sound prettier. Um, and so the book that we sing from was first published in 1844 and has been in continuous use since then. And my grandparents' church in middle of nowhere, Alabama, also uses this book as their regular worship. Um, so I've been going there for, since I could remember singing, singing these particular songs and other modern hymns. But um, why do I sing gospel music? Um, because I love it, because I love to sing, and I love to sing about God, and that, for me, is one of the most um, natural and accessible and purest 
forms of worship. That's that's really cool. So like when you couple that with this physical therapy, it's almost like you're getting a double dose of of healing or 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 therapy in in one aspect. That's what I'm picking up on. Is that right for you? Right. And I I'll just if I could just backtrack for a second and add to something that Liam said. I don't know if I've ever told him this, but on that first day that we met in aquatic therapy, um, I knew, I ha- I knew in my heart that that this was going to be somebody important in my life. That this was going to be, um, you know, a friend that I would carry. But um, more than anything, so part of my disability experience at Illinois was that I lived in a dorm that. Um, that was specifically designed for students with severe physical disabilities. And part of that is we, we managed a full staff of personal care assistants to come see us at various points in the day um, to help us do various daily living things. And so I knew from the very first day that I met him, regardless of how he felt, that this would be a person that would be perfectly suited for that. So I just casually asked Liam for his number and I was like, let me let me see where this goes. He didn't know that, that that was what I was thinking. And he didn't know that that was my intention because my initial intention was just to get to know this guy because I liked him. Um, but it's been really amazing to see where we've gone. He worked for me for a year and a half after that point. And so um, it's just been really special. Yeah, I would say, right, Barrett got me a job. My internship at Drez is a result of Barrett's doing. (laughs) My Spanish speaking capabilities are also in part directly a result of Barrett's doing. We would like practice Spanish during our shifts together. So (laughs) Barry, you have uh, done a lot for me, my professional development, I would say. <laughs> Something tells me that each of you has um, really drawn even more out of this friendship. And something also tells me that, um, and partly because I'm familiar with your story, that you've also given from your friendship to others as well. So maybe uh, you guys can speak a little bit to that, what you've drawn from your friendship and how your friendship has impacted the community that you live in. Yeah, so I think right from the very beginning too, um, Barrett and I had always gotten along well, like in aquatic therapy and um, then getting plugged in, working um, with and for him, um, getting along there too. And over time, we first started going to church together. um, And the church we attend is like a little bit off campus. So we would do like a 10 minute walk to the bus, get on the bus. It's like a 10 minute bus ride. And then like, from the bus station to the church is maybe another 10 minute walk. Um, So I feel that like during those walks and like that half an hour there and back together was really when like I got to know Barrett and Barrett got to know me and we would talk about everything, you know, about like our weeks and schoolwork um, and also the things going on in our life, um, our faith, um, music. So just everything I feel like is kind of where we bonded and then right when I started working for Barrett, we would see each other like, we, I, we, I would say six out of the seven days a week. <laughs> um, so we just spent um, so much time together, um, enjoying each other's presence. We would sing together. Um, 
and we would pray together and yeah, just grow in our faith and our friendship through that. And if you want to talk about giving back to the community too, um, like Barrett and I, uh, we would like build sets together for worship while I was worship leading with InterVarsity. Um, it was like our Tuesday shifts because we would re we would record or rehearse um, worship on Thursday nights. So I would come in on Tuesday night when I had my shift with Barrett and like we would just start playing sets. And I'm like, all right, Barrett, here's, here's what the message is on. Help me out here. <laughs> and we would just spend time together, like planning out sets. And Barrett, of course, would serve on the worship team um, with, he has an amazing singing voice and then also the special talent of perfect pitch. So for me, I'm not, not so great at finding harmonies or picking keys. And that's where Barrett's special talent of perfect pitch comes in and just <laughs> teach me the harmonies to all these songs, pick keys that work for people. So I don't know if you have anything to add there, Barrett. I would say though, that the biggest thing that I have gotten out of this friendship is Liam and the gifts that he's brought to my life are literal answers to prayer. Because in the year, year and a half before I met him, I was, you know, thrown into a brand new college experience, um, living away from home, relying on people other than my family to take care of me. And, you know, I moved 600 miles. So all in all, it was just a really huge transition. So I spent months and months searching for community and searching for, you know, people to live this experience with. And for a while I wasn't having success and I spent nights in prayer, literally almost in tears saying, God, send me somebody. And um, he did. And Liam was that person. And I think it's so, one time when I was giving testimony at InterVarsity, I shared that I think it's so fitting that Liam came to me at a pool, which in the Bible, is a, is a place of healing and a place of, you know, restoration. And I think on a deep spiritual level, that's what Liam brought to me. You know, Barrett, uh, Jean and I uh, belong to a small group together at our church. And in fact, that's uh, one of the ways that this podcast was born. And uh, we've been studying through the book of John in John 5 when Jesus comes upon somebody uh, sitting by the pool or that was a healing pool and he, he couldn't get in fast enough. Um, somebody always beat him in. And so Jesus said, that's fine. And get up, pick up your Mac and uh, I, will, I will heal you. You don't need those waters. But nonetheless, the, the symbolism of, of healing waters, you know, even when we think about baptism and uh, the symbolism is so, so deep um, of these kind of healing waters in a pool that was known for its healing properties makes your story just so profound and so wonderful that, um, that you, uh, you also saw, saw that and, and sensed that deep um, connection with Liam and how appropriate that it was through a pool. So, um, such a neat story. Thank you for, for sharing that part, that portion with us. And you know what? I just read that part of John yesterday too, in my own study. So wow, that tells you. So listeners, John chapter five, I think something like that. Five, six, something. Somewhere in there. <laughs> yes. Go read it. In there. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, 
I'm looking at the notes here. I think, is there something that you uh, can explain to us about a spring conference? I'm, it's still talking about things that you have done, things that um, you've done for the community. Um, can you speak a little bit about your experience from a spring conference? So actually, um, this was a fall conference, but same difference. Um, thank you, thank the you. Fall before the pandemic hit, um, InterVarsity was gonna go to Decatur, Illinois, which is not that far from, from Champaign. Um, and we were gonna just spend a weekend on retreat together and, um, you know, really spending some time in community. And so the big church retreat thing, um, was not something that I had experienced very often or ever. I can't even remember. I Maybe I had done it once before it, with, with church at home, but just because of accessibility reasons and other concerns, that aspect of being part of a church was not something that I had experienced. And so I decided that that was something I wanted to explore. And Liam had been working for me for some time at this point. And so, it just kind of made sense. I said to said to Liam, do you want to do this? Would this be something that you would want to do? And of course, he was kind enough to say yes. And um, what we didn't know was that weekend would plant the seed for um, a greater calling on both of our lives that we that we unfortunately do the due to the pandemic never really had a chance to act on, but I'll let Liam share a little bit more about that portion of, of, of that trip. Yes, absolutely. So Bear and I, the way the retreat worked is there's different tracks that you can choose to take um, and you spend the weekend um, in that track doing whatever is in that track. And we chose, oh gosh, Bear, do you remember what the name of it was? Hmm. Oh gosh, what was it? Uh, no, I don't remember. It was about like developing new ministries or planting new ministries. Inspire, that's what it was called. Fire. The track was called Inspire. And it was all about um, using our eyes and our hearts to see where God is calling us to plant new ministries. Um, so a lot of that weekend was just workshopping different ways that we can plant ministries and places we can bring the gospel. Um, and Barrett and I uh, worked together in a little bit like of a team group setting, um, thinking of creative ways that we could plant ministry within um, disability community at the University of Illinois. Um, and this is, I don't exactly remember when this happened during the weekend, but this has always been something that stuck with me. There's a, there was like a prayer room, a quiet prayer space that you could go um, for like meditation, listening, prayer, reflection. And Barrett and I both went in at the same time and we we're kind of near each other, but right, praying on our own, like eyes closed. And I just remember opening up my Bible and reading through Psalm 139. Um, and that's the fruit you created in my inmost being, um, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Um, and I'm, you know, praying on that, reflecting on that, eyes closed and everything. And out of my ear, I can hear Barrett reciting that like aloud, like in a whisper. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> and I think that was just, between us, such a cool moment. Um, and we talked about it later. And I think that's kind of um, where we were like, yes, the Lord is like really speaking to us that he's calling us um, to 
plant ministry and bring the gospel into this community. Um, and we went on to kind of develop what we call botchability. Um, if you guys know the game bocce ball, it's a game where you're rolling balls toward a target. And we figured that would be um, something we could start up um, like an adaptive ball, bocce ball league um, and use that kind of to um, bring the gospel to this community and just start these little conversations about faith. And like Barrett was saying, um, that was all in the works and then the pandemic hit and everyone went home and that kind of got squashed. Um, but Barrett, I will say we are kind of, as the weather gets nicer and more people are getting vaccinated, trying to get that kick started up again this spring and have some outdoor botchability events. So I don't know if I've told you about that. That's pretty. No, you haven't. That's awesome though. Yeah, kind of whispering that in Jeanette's ear, like, Hey, it's getting nice outside. Let's go play some bocce ball. And so we'll keep you updated about that. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Keep us updated too, along with Barrett. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. So like, I'm curious, like, when you were praying on that psalm, Liam, and then all of a sudden you heard, what, Barrett, were you singing it or were you just saying it? I just want to be in that moment. No, I was reciting it. And you were reciting it. The fearfully and wonderfully made part of Psalm 139 has long been um, kind of one of my favorite pieces of scripture and one of the one of the passages among many that um, has shown to me that yes, parts of my life are challenging. And yes, there are, even though I wouldn't change my disability for anything, even if I had the opportunity, there are times when I wish that I could get up out of this chair and walk. There are times that I wish I could go to the bathroom by myself. There are times that I wish at 22 years old, my parents still didn't have to help me take a shower. But I believe that my disability is, you know, firmly and fully part of God's plan for my life because um, I have done things, met people, had experiences, been places that would not otherwise have happened if you know my life had taken a different path including meeting liam maybe it would have happened but i don't think it would have happened in the same way such a powerful message barrett and it's a message um for you and and uh those who may have disabilities or for anyone who is struggling with a challenge and a problem that um there can be a perspective of um what good can come of this? You know, what is that side of the story that is um, with faith um, can bring about um, positive, what that can bring about blessings to us um, and draw us closer to God, but also draw us to other people as well. So thank you for sharing that part of your story with us. So when I was in about seventh grade, I remember I was sitting outside um, somewhere just by myself, kind of just thinking. And I had this, this phrase come to my head. Um, I had this thought and it ended up being my senior quote when I graduated, but it's, but, and it's uh, painted on a cabinet door that I 
had on my wall in my dorm room and now it's in my bedroom here, but it says, um, my CP is not a disability. It's a circumstance that God saw me fit to overcome. Um, and I believe that's true. I believe that, um, you know, of course the Bible says that the Lord doesn't put on us more than we can bear, but you know, sometimes even though that's true, it's hard to it's hard to think. Well, you know, is that really the case? Um, but I think there have been many moments and triumphs and and times in my life where I've realized that, um, yeah, this is hard, but um, it was get it was the hand of cards that I was dealt because, um, you know, I had the heart and the, and the spirit and the faith to handle it. So I, so even in those moments when I struggle, I rest in that a lot and I'm grateful for that. That's, that's really amazing that you can see, um, the virtue in, um, and what God has given you, and then also stay open to the opportunities that come your way, especially um, open to a relationship like a good friend like Liam. So I would just want to ask Liam, so what have you learned about yourself? Because you you were very honest and you said, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, you know, and um, what, what have you learned through your relationship with Barrett, not only about Barrett, but also the drugs community and, and your role um being fully able um and connected like where what have you learned for yourself and um and where do you think you'd like to see things go for you yeah i think um right there's that aspect of i've learned a lot just in terms of um working with people with disabilities um you know like disability etiquette um kind of those more professional aspects of that. Um, but I think, you know, I'm just most grateful for like the friends, the community that I've made there um, that, right, I, I maybe would have not made um, had Barrett not introduced me to that community. Um, so yeah, I've like, I mean, Barrett, of course, um, but I've made so many friends in that community um, and I've met so many people and had um, so many opportunities that I don't think I would have had otherwise. And I think it's just kind of that, like, um, being able to share in, you know, how we were talking about the botchability not working out. I think still without being able to do that officially, sharing the gospel and like share God's love, um, just through friendship, um, in that community. Did you both even know about yourselves that you are both so, um, powerful and impactful in your own right on another person's life? Um, well, I guess I can say that in a lot of ways, because of the challenges I face, you know, when I come across um, people, when I meet people, um, or even people that I've known for a long time, they'll say to me, I don't know how you do it. How do you live the life that you have? Well, I just do. It's all that I've ever known. And um, so 
I think sometimes when people say, oh, you're so inspiring, you've impacted me so much. It's like, well, I'm glad to hear that. And that means a lot to me. But in a lot of ways, I'm not acting in a way or living a life with the the immediate goal of, ooh, let me inspire people today. Ooh, let me, uh, let me, you know, let me, you know, do something miraculous today. It's just kind of my life. And um, so I don't know. That's just kind of the way I feel. But whether Liam knows it or not, I've told him enough that he should know it, but I don't know that it that it will ever sink into him. Um, I think in terms of friends beyond, you know, family, Liam is the person who's probably changed my life the most, um, given me, helped me have experiences that I would have never otherwise had, um, shown me what true Christian brotherhood looks like. And um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. That's just how, how it is. Yeah. And you know, I have two sisters whom I love dearly, um, but I've never had a brother, like, you know, had that brotherly experience and Barrett, you're right. Like being able to share in that like brotherhood and that like, like godly love and brother, like the love of brothers is what I've been to experience been able to experience with you. Um, and that's been just something that's been absolutely so special. And I think that makes our friendship um, just really special. You know, it's not just like a, hey, did you watch the game? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I have friends like that, right? But I think our friendship, right, is at that brotherly level, I would say. You guys um, shared with me uh, a worship song that I believe was written by Barrett. And uh, it was, incredibly powerful for my wife and I to listen to. I wonder if you could share uh, with us a little bit about the story behind that worship song. And uh, at, the, at the end here, we'll go ahead and um, let our listeners listen to at least a little bit of that, that worship song. Can you share with us, Barrett, a little bit about that song? Yeah, so I've been writing um, songs of all different kinds for a number of years. Um, and one day as I was just riding through campus, um, I had this, this chorus, this melody in my head that became a song called Our God Can. And the lyrics talk about how um, God is the one truly capable to help his children um, weather the storms of life and go through those hard moments. And um, one of one of my favorite lines um, says is the first set of lines. It says, "With a stroke of his hand, he can calm a raging storm. With a whisper of peace, he can end a violent war." And so I just had this conviction about um, about the true power of God and his the true extent of his grace and his love, and literally. In five minutes, as I was walking across the quad on campus, it was like 
these words were literally given to me directly from God. And so as soon as I got back later that night, I was like, somebody's got to help me write this down before I forget it. So, and then um, a while after that, I um, shared it with Liam and, um, you know, I already had some guitar chords, but he helped me um, kind of finalize them and jazz them up a little bit. And it turned into something turned into something great that we've been privileged to share twice with our InterVarsity community during worship. Well, we'll be privileged to share that with uh, the Just Stories listener uh, community as well. And um, it's been such a pleasure having you guys with us and uh, our, our outgoing music today will be Our God Can as performed by Barrett Patton and Liam Basic. Thank you so much for being our guests today, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been fun. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you. With the stroke of his hand And calm a raging storm with a whisper of peace. He can end a violent war with one hand touch. He can cure all disease by the sound of his breath. God can, and He will, with joy our broken hearts, oh our God can, and He will, walk us through heaven's hands, He will, He will guide forever with us, He will abide. By his blood on the cross, he gives us all a brand new life with the promise of love. He came to bear our sin and strife, the freedom he gives. It relinquishes every bondage slave with one single word. He controls in that way. Oh, our God, He will 
though there's absolutely nothing we could have done to deserve it. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus I pray. Amen. And that wraps up this episode of Just Stories. We hope you've enjoyed this time and you'll join us again. Just Stories is a partnership with Our Savior's Lutheran Church and ELCA member church where all are welcome and we join in God's reconciling work, which prioritizes disenfranchised, vulnerable, and displaced people in our communities and the world. Your hosts are people of Christian faith, and we recognize that God works through many vehicles, including those of differing faith or of no faith. Our guests may or may not be members of Our Savior's Lutheran Church. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend and please subscribe. Tune in next time for more of Just Stories.